to What the Fertility Season 2. Today is different. We do not have a guest. There is no we. It's actually just me. It's Kat. Amanda is not joining today. Amanda does not even know I'm recording this, so (laughs) I will have to get her approval before we air it. But I am doing a solo episode today, and really this episode is stemming from some comments I've received over the last couple weeks that have me thinking, what's next? I, you know, for our family, for those of you that maybe you just found this podcast and you hit play, and this is the first episode (laughs) that you are joining us for, I would probably stop and go all the way back to episode one of season one where Amanda and I share our entire infertility journeys and um, start from there and then come back here. But anyways, I am now almost seven months postpartum of a beautiful, beautiful little girl. I have, I feel like Amanda and I normally downplay motherhood on this podcast because this is a safe space to discuss all things infertility. And even though we've, you know, I was thinking about it today, even though we've had guests on that talk about their miracle babies or even in our titles or even in our Instagram posts, like it's just dawned on me today that we've posted pictures of moms with their babies or families with their miracle babies. And like, I've always just been so afraid to talk about that on the podcast, but I am going to a little bit today um, because what I want to talk about today is kind of like what my family's next steps are for um, family planning, really. And the mindset that comes along with that from being in a space of infertility, um, or I don't even know if I would phrase it as infertility, you know, reoccurrent loss. I would love if someone wants to reach out and let me know reoccurrent loss it's in the infertility space, but you're not infertile. So that's always been unique. It's like, what is my label? Am I infertile or am I not? And you know, then you get this like smack diagnosis of unexplained infertility, but it's like, okay, buddy, but like I can, I can conceive super easily. So anyways, you're in that space. And then now for me, and maybe some of the listeners, I have my miracle child after six miscarriages and she's perfect. And I just am obsessed with her. And so then moving forward, it's a thought process as a couple of like, Okay. Do we have infertility? We're not, we're not considering, we're not like a couple that has just embryos and IVF. And so you just say like, okay, like when my daughter turns one, we're going to go back to IVF. And you know, that also helps push you along in the process. And we're also like, how long we, we don't know, like we could be a couple that gets pregnant the very first try. And then all of a sudden we can just carry that baby to term, or I could have the whole experience over again and try for two or three years and just experience loss after loss after loss. Because even with my daughter, we really didn't find a reason. And I can go into that a little bit, but we never found a reason why that pregnancy worked compared to the other six. Um, so let me, let me roll that back a little bit, but I think I'm going to label this podcast. Like what's my label? Because I've just always felt so, so misplaced in the infertility community. 
And I think that really goes to my whole, so I created, I came up with the title, what the fertility. And I think that was because I was so, I was, I always hated to use the word infertility because I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't really label myself that way because, you know, I was, I was conceiving every single time we tried, like we were conceiving and, you know, while we couldn't hold those pregnancies past the first trimester, I never got like this infertility diagnosis. So anyways, let me go back a little bit. Um, so my daughter will be seven months next weekend. And we went into her six month appointment, probably two or three weeks ago. At this point, we adore our pediatrician. She's incredible. She knows my history. Um, she walks into the door for her six month appointment and says, time to start trying for number two. (laughs) And I think anybody that has gone through anything other than getting pregnant relatively quickly and having really like no complications and having their child would be really taken aback by that comment, especially from a health professional in this space that knows my history And like, I think my husband and I are just like, probably, I wouldn't say we're not confrontational people or we don't like shy away from confrontation, confrontation, wow, confrontation. But in the moment, like we have like a crying six month old, she's getting her shots, whatever. So we were like, ha ha, yeah. But it really, I feel like I've just been reeling over this for the last couple of weeks of, oh shoot, like am I, am I supposed to start trying again? Like, like, is it going to take me another three years to, to have a second, a second child or truthfully, like, I don't, I mean, shit, like I'm probably not capable of, of carrying another baby. And then you also go through this whole mindset thing of like, oh, or did my body finally figure it out? And so now I'm just going to get pregnant quickly and it's all going to be great. And I'm just going to have all these kids. Um, So I've shared all of that way before sharing something that's way more important. My husband and I feel 100% complete, me, him, and my daughter. Like we don't feel like anything's missing. We completely felt like something was missing before her. And granted, look, we're seven months postpartum. We talked to me in another seven months and I could say like, yes, I want twins. I want four more kids. You know, I, I don't want to take away from like the place that I'm at in my life right now, but we feel super complete. I like love, I was not an only child. My husband was not an only child. So I don't know that dynamic, but like, we just like, when we, when we think five, 10, 15 years down the line, we see it as like a unit of three. And I think that's so against society's norms (laughs) that like, it is like, it is kind of weird. And it is, and it's like, to me, it's like, is that a protective mechanism because my pregnancy was horrendous or like, should I just be comfortable and content? Like my whole word this year has been content, like contentment. And I've been so freaking content. So right now, today we are one and done. We feel amazing. I want to give Brooklyn all of my attention in terms of an and hear me when I say this, in terms of my pregnancy, I was out. I was out at five and a half weeks. I was diagnosed with hyperemesis. I was bed rest. 
I threw up 20 plus times a day, starting at five and a half weeks, all the way until I delivered her through late. I, I, I threw up the entire labor. And I think a lot of people do with the epidural and stuff, but the second that she came out of my body and my placenta was delivered, never it's gone, completely gone. So hyperemesis in itself is unique, but I, I will lose nine months and it's very rare. I mean, it's very common to have it with every pregnancy. So my mom and my aunt had it and my grandmother had it for every pregnancy. So that's something that I'm also taking into consideration. And I worked so, so hard and so, so long to have her that dear God, if I got pregnant in her first year of life or in the second year of life, like I will, I will ultimately if the cards were to play the same as last time, and I mean, I could even carry a pregnancy, that's a whole separate conversation. You know, I'm like, well, I'm going to miss that time with her. And I just, right now, I don't feel like that's something that I'm willing to risk. Um, I I could change my mind. Um, So that's a little insight into that. However, with all of that being said, I am finding And I would be so interested to hear feedback from listeners. I am finding that trying to conceive is almost addictive. So (laughs) this is what's been happening. So I can't remember if I've already shared this or not, but my cycle came back around her, right? I think it was like the week she turned six months. My cycle came back and I was still nursing. So I was really shocked and disappointed. I was like, hey, I thought I like got a whole year off of this, but my cycle came back and I was, I had my physician prescribed me birth control, um, probably like at my postpartum appointment. I do not want to take birth control. I just don't want to do it. And it's probably from, you know, a trauma response from being in the infertility community, from hearing, you know, comments or quote unquote research that birth control affects your cycle and can cause infertility and all that stuff. And I'm not here to discuss that. I, you know, whatever you believe or whatever you've, you've found scientifically. Great. It's just not something I want to do. Um, And so I have found myself, I I have the flow app actually for prevention of pregnancy, (laughs) but I found my, which is, which is like a whole nother mindset, right? So you've tried for three years or two, three, whatever, however long you've tried. I've tried for, I tried for two and a half years to get pregnant. And now I'm back in a state where my body could conceive and I'm now doing the exact opposite, which is so mentally confusing. So what's happening is I am seeing these ovulation dates on the flow app and it's was such this addictive behavior before, because, you know, we are trying to conceive you're doing it in a 28 to whatever, 35, you're doing it on a monthly cycle and you're doing the same thing every single day. And you're trying to align everything to get this result. And then you either fail or you succeed and In my case, even when I succeeded a couple weeks or months later, it would fail. And so I would just like get right back into this addictive cycle of, of achieving a pregnancy. And so what's happening now is I'm seeing these ovulation dates. And if I don't, I'm like, okay, if we don't try, I'm missing out on this, but like, I I'm not missing out on anything because I'm not trying to, to get pregnant. So that has just been like the weirdest thing for me. And 
it's been such a weird mind, mind, mind state for me. Um, the other thing is like, this is probably TMI and I think I'll, (laughs) I think I will air this real time. So this is like Wednesday night. My dog put my daughter to bed. I, I had coffee afternoon after like 12 PM today. This is why I'm recording a podcast at 8 PM at night, but anyways, anyways, um, Oh God, this is where I need Amanda to get me back on track. What was I even saying? Oh, ovulation, TMI. Okay, so there is a chance that I could, I could conceive, I could have a positive pregnancy test this month, and that was stupid. Um, <laughs> I, but I, I share this with you guys because this is like where my mind's at for almost three years. I've always wanted a positive pregnancy test. And so now I'm like, well, I'm not going to take one because I'm just like, what is it not deferring, but like, what do they, what do you do when you like try to avoid avoidance? I'm just avoiding this, the situation. Um, so, so like it would be, it would, it would be horrible. Okay. I don't want to say that. It would not be ideal or in my plan, which shit, nothing goes to plan, um, to see a positive pregnancy test this month, especially with a seven month old. Um, but it's weird because you deep down still like have some weird addiction of like, it needs to be positive. It needs to be positive. And then you're like, no, no, it does not. It does not need to be positive. So I'm just like, so curious if anybody, I don't know if I'm in, I don't think I'm in a unique situation, I'm definitely not in a unique situation because even if you didn't come from reoccurrent miscarriage and you came from several rounds of IVF for several years or months of trying to conceive and now you, you know, you have your child and you're, you're getting ready for, to, to plan for the next one. Or in my case, you're not even planning for another one ever, um, in your lifetime. And you still have these like these weird tendencies that you've developed from, from trying to conceive for so long. Um, so that, that's been very interesting for me. Um, and that really all has just spun out of control from my pediatrician's comment to me. Um, I do find myself like I'm super content. I really actually don't think that I don't think I want another one, but then I find myself just like reeling on a second name or it's again, it's again, those same tendencies that I had before I had my daughter of like, what would her name be? And, and all that stuff. And, and I do not take lightly that I am talking in a sense that I could even get pregnant again. Like I actually deep down do not think that, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm, what, what is wrong with me? Right. And I don't want to say what's wrong with me, but like, what's going on in my body? Like, you know, will I have another four to five miscarriages? And I think that's a whole secondary piece of this. How do you then handle miscarriages? And I've seen it out there. I've seen people have multiple miscarriages, have their kid, have multiple more miscarriages, have another kid. It's just a whole new ball game. And <laughs> I almost like, I think because I'm such a plan person, I'm almost like, man, like would having some embryos left be any easier? I, you know, I don't think it would, especially with my mindset of not really wanting another kid because of 
of my, my pregnancy experience, but, um, that was kind of a tangent, wasn't it? I was kind of, I guess that's, that's what I want to talk, wanted to talk about, or at least wanted to share where my thoughts were postpartum. Um, I guess moral of that story is infertility never leaves you. Even when you're at your six month postpartum visit with your rainbow baby. Um, so that was the first bit that I wanted to share. Second bit, I'm super excited. We next week are headed out to Portugal which is just such a full circle experience, or I guess full circle moment for us. We planned this trip three years ago. So I turned 30 in 2021 and we plan to go for my 30th birthday. It is somewhere we've always wanted to go. We have just, we are like, we love adventure. We love immersing ourselves in the culture. We're not like huge we're actually like anti all-inclusive anti like beach vacation, which just I don't know if it's because we live at the beach, but not our thing. Um, so anyways, we planned this trip, um, for November of 2020 for my 30th birthday and need I say less, we did not go because nobody was going to anywhere in 2020. And so we didn't go, which was fine. I also was pregnant um, in November for my 30th, that's not fair. We went to Mexico for my 30th birthday, but I was pregnant. Um, I was pregnant with our son, which is just so weird to say I was pregnant. Um, that was actually the furthest we had gotten with the pregnancy. We had heard a heartbeat. Um, so yeah, you know, that was supposed to be our Portugal trip. We couldn't go. I was pregnant. We lost that child. We lost that pregnancy. And so we said, okay, for your 31st birthday, we're going to go to Portugal. We're going to do it. Well, from 31 or from 30 to 31, we had one, we had two more miscarriages. Yep. So my 30, 30th birthday, we lost our fourth baby. And by my 31st birthday, we not strategically, um, had our first IVF transfer, uh, two days before my birthday. And so just like PTSD me, I think some people probably can relate to this on a different level. I had lost two pregnancies shortly after returning from, from like a trip or vacation. So an airplane had been involved, right? So I'd been flying and I just related flights to miscarriage and it just is what it is. You might relate like a swimming pool or going on the boat or whatever that is. Um, it's not true. Flights do not cause miscarriage, but that's what I had related it to. So all that to say my transfer ended up being two days before my 31st birthday. At that point, you know, we started IVF in July. So we didn't even like plan. It was not like we just like didn't go. Our plan ceased. Um, once we kind of like timed everything out, just thinking it was going to be too, too close. And sure enough, it was very close. Um, and if for those of you that do know my story, you know, we got pregnant, we got pregnant with our IVF cycle. Um, we ended up miscarrying that baby as well. So birthday 30, birthday 31, we then said, okay, this is like horrendous. We are, we are going to Portugal for your 32nd birthday. And like, oh my God, I'm getting old at this point. Um, so I was like, all right, we're doing it no matter what, like we're going, we're planning this trip. Well, if, obviously 
I got pregnant at the end of July, July, at the end of January. And, um, I was six weeks postpartum with my daughter on my 32nd birthday. So we did not go to Portugal. Um, so as we finished out last year, my husband and I more so me, it's always me, but I was like, dude, we're going to Portugal. I don't care that it's people think we're crazy. We have a seven month old. We're taking her. We're going who the hell knows what's going to happen on my 33rd birthday. Like we are going so a very long story, but it's so special. Like now, like we get to take her with us and the trip is going to be so much more meaningful, not only because God, we've waited three years to go, um, but, or two and a half, whatever. Um, but we get to take her with us. And I like, it just, if it's so special, I think, you know, it's cool. I don't want to say everything happens for a reason because it doesn't. Uh, but I'm just very excited to go with her. I am not excited for the flight. If you follow my personal Instagram, I do. I'm really excited to share what that looks like for us. And if it's kind of a launching pad for my family to do something crazy in the near future, um, this trip may or may not be like a scouting trip uh, in terms of the land and cities and homes and all the things. So I guess I will leave it at that. This may have been absolutely non-beneficial for anybody listening, but that's who I, who I am today. I have no idea what my label is. Do I have infertility? Do I not have infertility? Am I a secondary infertility? I don't think that. I think I thought I was, but that's totally inaccurate. Um, but if anybody else is feeling that way, I'm there, right there with you. And if you listen to this, I don't know how long I've been recording. Let's say, I don't know, 20 minutes maybe. If you listen to this and you're like, okay, that is not at all what I wanted today, <laughs> go to our website, www.whatthefertilitypod.com. Hit on the blog tab and we have all 45 episodes posted there. They have all of the titles and then they have little descriptions under each one of them. So like if you're looking for something specific, you know, turn me off and say like, okay, I want to listen to, I need to hear something else today, go through there. And then those align with Apple and Spotify. So we recently, if you are an avid listener, you'll see that we recently just changed the titles. We went back and just took all of the numbering of the episodes off because Apple does it for us um, and Spotify does as well. So the blog posts that say like season two or season one, episode 13, it'll align with number 13 on Apple and Spotify. So Hope every ha everyone has an absolute wonderful week um, with Mother's Day coming up. Thinking of you, you know, it, it is a hard, hard event, especially when you do not want to celebrate it or you do want to celebrate it and people aren't acknowledging that you are a mom. So tons of support groups out there. I know Amanda is our social media guru. She will um, definitely share some resources as she has in the years past, but happy, I guess, if you're listening on Monday, happy Monday. If not, happy whatever day it is and talk soon.